You're listening to Campus Review Radio. This podcast was brought to you by Big Ass Fans, the industry leader in ceiling fans for all sizes, perfect for your school hall, gymnasium, classroom and more. Big Ass Fans offer the very best fans that are energy efficient and silent to keep your students and teachers comfortable all year round. Let Big Ass Fans help you create the perfect learning environment for happy and productive students. Hi, it's Wade here, Education Editor for Education Review. Today I'm talking to Dr Melissa Barnes, a lecturer in the Faculty of Education at Monash University, working within the fields of teacher education, assessment, policy and TESOL. She is a critic of the controversial initial teacher education test, also known as the Lantite, and I wanted to know why. Dr Barnes, before we get into the land height debate, do you think there was a need for more quality among our graduates? Um, thanks, Wade. Well, first, I think before discussing whether we need more quality among our teacher education graduates, I think it's important to mention that quality itself is a, is a very difficult term or concept to define. I mean, what actually constitutes quality? And if we're talking about teacher quality, I think it's even more contentious because teaching itself is so very context-dependent. What is considered as quality teaching in one school might be very different in another school, depending on its mission and so on. So I think to your original question, as a teacher educator at Monash University, I am often amazed and very proud of the teacher candidates that are leaving Monash. I honestly can say that if any of my children, so I have a year one and year three um, child, um, if they were taught by one of my students, I'd, I'd feel very lucky. So from what I've seen, I wouldn't put the quality of our teacher candidates as an area that I think needs massive improvement. However, I can't speak for all teacher education programs. Also, I think that we should always strive for the best in education. I think teacher education programs in Australia have the strong capacity to prepare quality teachers. But with this said, I just don't think a literacy and numeracy test is the best way to measure or even ensure quality among our teacher candidates. Okay, so what are your key issues or concerns with the land tight and Can they be easily fixed? (laughs) Well, I think, first of all, I want to say that um, I want to be very clear that I think teachers should possess strong literacy and numeracy skills. Um, And I actually don't think teacher candidates would disagree with this. However, I do not think a literacy and numeracy test is the most effective or valid way to assess teacher quality. And this is for a couple of reasons. I think, first, my issue with Lantide is that it is being used to try to measure teacher quality. And I don't think an external third-party test is the best way to do this. I think using a standardized test to um, measure teacher quality is very limited and is it can only measure skills that can be tested in a multiple choice format. Um, I actually conducted a study with about 135 fourth year teacher education graduates and many of them raised concerns about the validity of the test and also its relevance. Um, I've also had a lot of emails from other teacher candidates from a range of other universities that have raised similar concerns. Um, For example, the test doesn't really um, test one's writing ability, but the mechanics of writing, and it relies heavily on um, a particular set of vocabulary terms that speaks in many ways to a very white Australian system. Um, Interestingly, other countries have also introduced basic skills tests, um, for, for example, some states in the U.S. and also in the U.K., but most have gotten rid of them. 
In the case of New York State, for example, they'd introduced a literacy and numeracy test, and it was overturned because issues were raised that a standardized test was discriminatory. Statistically, minorities score lower on standardized tests, so the courts decided that using such a test to decide who was able to become a teacher was simply not fair or valid. In the UK, they had a similar test, but recently decided to explore other ways to assess these skills. Therefore, I'm unsure why Australia has pushed on with this, but I, I do think it's probably a little bit about the investment they've already put into the test. But particularly given that um, there's been kind of a, a trend to actually get rid of these basic skills tests. So, you know, can, can it be easily fixed? So as a solution, however, I think that literacy and numeracy skills can be developed through university programs and should be developed through university programs. Um, their key business in a teacher education program is to develop teachers for the profession. So they are best suited to actually ensure teacher quality. I know that at Monash there are a range of free courses for students to help them develop further their literacy and numeracy skills. Um, their literacy and numeracy skills. As one of the participants in my study argued, if teacher education programs has a teacher candidate for four years and they leave without the needed literacy and numeracy skills to be a successful teacher in the classroom, there's something wrong with the program, not necessarily with the student. I think another concern about the land type is, is concerning who profits most from this, because it's definitely not the teacher candidate. Um, I have major concerns that a third-party company, um, Acer, is ultimately making final decision, decisions on who can be a teacher. An article in the Sydney Morning Herald stated that Acer um, received about $1, million, $1 billion tender to develop the test, and they are receiving up to $3.7 million a year in revenue. And this all comes from students paying for the test. Um, in addition to this, a market has emerged. So there's tutoring, there's textbooks, and so on, all of which teacher candidates must pay for. Um, now, if you're unsuccessful in the test, you have paid for the test multiple times for the materials to learn more about the test, and then you're also left with four years of hex debt. So one thing that Monash did early on was to take a requirement that they made a requirement that all education students must take the land tight in their first year. This was to ensure that Monash was not taking four years of tuition knowing that students must pass land type to graduate. Unfortunately, however, there are some universities that are taking the tuition and their te teacher candidates are unable to graduate due to land type. This, major, this raises major ethical concerns. Um, and the solution to this is to put the teacher candidates first. If we want to ensure teacher and teaching quality in schools, we might try to invest um, in developing and supporting our teacher candidates in teacher education programs rather than looking for um, just looking at them as ways to make money. So ultimately, I think it should be teacher education programs that are accountable for producing students um, to have strong literacy and numeracy skills. Um, I think they should be effectively managing the minimum entry requirements and developing courses that really and truly support their development um, into being quality teachers. The land tide is a quick and easy solution, but the real solution lies within ensuring that teacher education programs are of high quality. I think we are so lucky to have some excellent programs across Australia, but I don't necessarily think that this is um, true across the board. Uh, one of the key issues I have with the test is the fact that you seem to get no feedback from what I've heard. You don't know what you've got wrong and right. Isn't this diametrically opposed to good teaching practice? Yeah, well, and this is the interesting thing. I think, um, you know, it, it's just interesting that we're deciding to measure teacher quality on this one-off test, rather than thinking about how we actually develop more ho holistically teacher quality. And then we have this test that they don't actually get feedback. And the interesting thing is that they, the way that they actually assess the test is it's, 
It's, it, uses, it uses a kind of modeling that it's not based on which questions you get right, um, but it's a, a much more complicated system. Um, and therefore, they, they actually don't find out what they've missed or I mean, they get some kind of feedback, but not really intense feedback, which is interesting because as educators, we actually say that this is really important, that as educators, we should be providing more kind of formative assessment for our students. So it's interesting that we're actually trying to measure teacher quality in terms of in, in, in terms that we would never do for our own students, that we would rely so heavily on such a summative test. Uh, one of the arguments that the Facebook land type group makes is that the government is implicitly calling more experienced teachers inept because they needed to introduce this measure to create, quote, quality teachers. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that implication can be made? Well, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I think I don't. I think it's actually much more simplified than that. I think that this policy initiative was an attempt to have, like, a quick in a quick way to say we have a problem, such as teacher quality, and we're going to develop this initiative to solve it. And I think so. I don't think it was actually thought about in in the terms of like we're really. I think they just wanted a policy solution, and Lantite was a quick and easy way to do that. Um, and particularly because they relied on this kind of external company to, to or third-party external kind of view to be able to, to develop the test. So I think, um, I don't know if, if I would say that they, I mean, and obviously we don't know what the government um, really intended, but I think this was a quick solution. Um, and I'm not sure if they were looking at it from a more holistic idea of, of both kind of um, teacher education programs and teachers within the field. Um, but I do think that because they've used this as a policy solution, I think that this leaves a lot of more systematic issues or concerns surrounding teacher education that have been left. Um, so I think they just wanted a quick solution that was um, introduced and done, not really thinking about the bigger picture. And finally, as a former teacher myself, when I look at results like NAPLAN and PISA over the last years, the Lantite doesn't seem to have fulfilled its intention would you agree or disagree with that? Well, the thing is, is we don't actually really know. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see if any studies um, do come out that kind of compare, like, are students who are passing the land height? Um, and the interesting thing is there are quite a few. I think um, some of the numbers coming out were that, you know, 95% were, were passing the test, which also kind of comes to like, well, why have it? And, you know, if the 5% aren't, why, you know, what are the issues surrounding the reasons why they're not passing? And I think that that, you know, there's some issues there in thinking about, you know, the validity of the test and, and why certain people are being excluded. Um, but I just think that um, to be able to kind of make a clear distinction and saying that by taking this test, because I find it really interesting, like Lantite is about literacy and numeracy skills, and ultimately they want to make a connection between improving students' literacy and numeracy skills. But I think that's quite a very simple way to look at it. And I just don't think that that relationship will be very easy to kind of argue. Um, I think that Lantite could be a very good diagnostic tool. Um, but I, I honestly think that um, if we want to develop teachers um, that can help students achieve, I think it's much more complicated than just focusing on literacy and numeracy skills. You know, I think what's interesting is even with kind of um, in these last few months, if we think about the success of education, and if I think of my own children, 
um, we've relied heavily on having educators that are flexible and willing to learn a range of online systems. So, so the question is, should we be testing those skills? And if so, how? Do we test it by you know, another standardized test? I just think that this idea of teacher quality, there are so many attributes of teacher quality. So how do we decide which ones are tested and which are more important? Um, so I think that you know, for our students to do well on things like NAPLAN and PISA, I think I think it's very sim a very simplified way to kind of just say if our teachers have these particular literacy and numeracy skills, then our students will have um, you know strong skills as displayed in NAPLAN and PISA. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if we have any of that data. But my my assumption is that there won't be a relationship. Um, I think that we're going to have to look beyond just literacy and numeracy skills, and um, and I think that. Honestly, I think teacher education programs should be kind of at the forefront of this and, and, and really thinking about, well, what is, a what is a quality teacher and how do we develop them? Dr. Melissa Barnes from Monash University, thank you so much for speaking to Education Review about this issue.